Before we start this episode, I do want to leave you all with a disclaimer that we did have a few technical difficulties recording this one. I did my best through the magic of editing to clear it up, so the quality should be okay. Just a pre-warning, though, before we start. Commander Shepard has been recovered. The Lazarus Project will proceed as planned. Welcome to the Lazarus Project podcast. This is episode 7. This is a Mass Effect podcast discussing its characters, lore, theory, and opinion. The podcast is recorded live in the Ploppy54 Gaming Discord server. Come join us there to listen to the raw, unedited version. All the details you need can be found in the show notes. My name is Craig, and joining me today is Tim. Hello. And Manning. How y'all doing? In this episode, we'll be talking about headcanon. What do we like to project into the Mass Effect universe? What our ideas are surrounding the Mass Effect ending? And how it might potentially link into the next Mass Effect game? So, in general, this episode will be all about speculation. So, you know, nothing specifically like lore heavy. But first, it's the news. Okay, so in the news this week, we've got the Mass Effect Mod of the Year Awards. Now, the the Mass Effect modding community all vote for what they think is the best mods. And we've got uh, the shortlist here uh, of the winners. Uh, Best Mass Effect Player Mod goes to the Beta Appearance Modification menu. And then we've got the Mass Effect Best npc mod which is the legendary edition diversification project now i'm trying out this one actually i'm um, i'm doing a video on this one it uh it what it basically does is it increases the population count for mass effect one it changes up all their clothes so it doesn't look like they're all wearing the same or so similar uh, looking clothes it also adds in uh, Turian females as well so you've got Turian females right from Mass Effect 1 all the way through and they're also doing a version of this for Mass Effect 2 and 3 as well and then we've got I never knew I needed this Mass Effect mod uh, that goes to the extended romance scenes for Mass Effect 2 again I tried that one but uh, it will be one that we need to try and the community choice one goes to the Me Elo for Mass Effect 1. Again, I have no idea what that one is. Uh, the most underrated mod is the Armax expansion mod. And there's a few others as well. There's no other ones. There's a couple for uh, Mass Effect Andromeda. Uh, that one is the customization of, Har- uh, customization of Cora Harper. And a better inventory one as well uh, for... Mass I haven't had a chance to try any of them yet, unfortunately. I just haven't had the time. I mean, I've got the the mod manager. I just um I've been looking for mods to try out. I mean, there's a few that I do want to try. That I've already downloaded. Then we've got Mass Effect gameplay mod, uh, which is Project Variety. Now, I actually really, really enjoyed this one for the original Mass Effect Three, uh, because right at the very start. 
you you get an option you get a menu before the game even starts that you can switch out your your clothes so that when the game starts that you are wearing whatever clothes you want and i always pick civilian clothes because to me it makes absolutely no sense that uh, shepherd who is on uh, is on house arrest uh, would be wearing alliance uniform on the very day that the reapers attack it just it makes absolutely no sense to me i always went to civilian clothes and then changed into uniform once he was on the normandy to be fair though i mean i think most people when they're on the normandy like who actually because i mean like obviously discounting armor because that's not uniform but i think most people when they're on the normandy don't they just wear like if you're a, a male shepherd the jeans and the leather jacket or if you're a female shepherd like the sweatshirt i mean like who actually wears the alliance uniform oh i do i wear the um to like all the others so it makes me stand like a, like you've got a chess piece on it standard I think you you were talking about the start of Mass Effect Three, weren't you? When when uh, Shepard's under house arrest, as well. Yeah, he's already in uniform. And why would somebody that is in on house arrest be in uniform? Just happens to be on the very day, same day that the the Reapers attack. They would be in civilian clothes, surely. So the Project Variety it gave you that menu option before that you can change what clothes you wear to give you that more immersive feel to the game. I never really thought about it until you mentioned it just now. But yeah, it doesn't really make sense because technically Shepard's not even quote unquote technically in the Alliance anymore because it's not until you get on the Normandy at the end of the prologue where Anderson, he's Shepard's even like, I don't take orders from you anymore. And Anderson literally throws your dog tags at you and is like, consider yourself reinstated. So yeah, like why would you have the uniform on if you technically yeah. weren't even part of the Alliance anymore? exactly it so yeah that's uh i'll be going to testing out for the legendary edition next up we've got the best quality of life mod that was for the unofficial patch for legendary edition mass effect 2 and that's got a ton an absolute ton of improvements and fixes and tweaks and quality of life stuff definitely well worth checking out best mass effect story mod 2022 goes to audemus's happy ending mod now, I haven't actually tried this one myself uh, because I don't really want to ruin the end of Mass Effect 3 for myself. I got a feeling that once I do try it, I'm never going to want to play the original endings again. So it, it's one of those, do you try it, don't you try it? When they know. put Pinnacle Station back in, was that a Bioware thing or was that like a fan thing? I forget. That was a fan thing, yeah. No, Bioware didn't do it. Yeah, um, the fans re recreated the Pinnacle Station there. I will be honest, I do think that it's cool that the mod is there as an option, but I've never been a big fan of the happy ending mod. I want to try it, but because I'm quite happy with the ending. I know people upset about it, and to this day, I still get comments on videos about how people the the endings and, you know, green or blue, and that's it. So, I mean, like 10 years after the, the game came out, people are still angry. It's not what they want. But I personally, I, I picked the same ending. I'm quite happy with it. No, I 100% agree with you. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, Mass Effect was, quote unquote, made to be an opera. And anyone who knows anything about operas, know, operas always have sad endings. And I know everyone made a million jokes about it being red, green, or blue. And even the Honest Trailers guy 
said the only difference between the endings was you just got to pick which Instagram filter you put over the top of the ending. But I do still feel the three endings are all fairly distinct. They're definitely distinct since they released the extended cut. Because I think the endings are very different now. If you look at all of the extra content that's added and explained on how the universe at large has changed, depending on what uh, choice you made. And I mean, hell, even shooting, even the shooting the kid ending is pretty interesting. And in a lot of ways, I almost feel like that should be the true ending. Because I find, I don't know if poetic is the right word, but I do find it interesting in that little shortcut scene where you see like this 50,000 years from now, this future crazy civilization is listening to Liara's little data pad thingy. She helped you help her record in your cabin in the third game. It's just like, I mean, it's super sad and depressing that everyone's dead. But at the same time, it also almost seems fitting, if that makes sense. I just want to hear, um, you know, at the end credit scene, there's that old guy talking to the kid, or I, I don't know if it changes species or gender. I think different details of it change depending on your ending. But you know, when the, the older person is talking to the younger person about the shepherd's story, um, I think... It would be pretty funny if we heard them telling the story from the point of view of if they chose refusal. Like, I can just imagine that older person saying, and then Shepard just chose to shoot the kid, and now we had another cycle. <laughs> you know that old guy is Buzz Aldrin? Oh, right. Oh, that's brilliant. I love that. Clearly, Casey Hudson spared no expense. <laughs> but, um,. I'm, I, I think, um, as you said, Tim, about like preserving the original experience of Mass Effect, having Shepard die. I mean, Shepard's not invincible, and you know, Shep no. Shepard's a human being. And I mean, I know you've got the whole thing where Shepard can practically become a god if they're in the form of a Reaper, but like, even so, I do feel like Shepard still dies in a in a sense to make that happen. It reminds me a lot of, I don't know if you guys watch Family Guy. But there's a pretty funny cutaway scene where, like, two dudes walk up to Captain America, and then the one guy's like, hey, Captain America, can I borrow your shield for a second? And he's like, sure, here you go. And then after he hands him the shield, the guy pulls out a gun and shoots him in the head, and he dies. And he's like, see, I told you, he was just a person. And I feel like that's what Craig was just talking about with Shepard not being invincible. <laughs> but I think the thing, I don't know if this is controversial to say, but I feel like the reason a lot of people hate the endings is the same reason why a lot of people hated Andromeda. Because, oh, all my choices didn't matter because Shepard dies. Oh, my God. And then in Andromeda, it's like, oh, my God, Shepard's not here. And I don't know any of these characters. They're all new. The game's awful. And, like, the endings were fine. Yes, the extended cut made them a lot better. But even in their original form, they weren't awful. And also, Andromeda is a good game. Come fight me. Oh no, Manning's declared war on the Mass Effect community. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Andromeda is a good game. Yeah, I mean, there's, there, there, there are some like nice mods listed there, though. Like, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm personally like a big fan of um, the elevator conversations in the Mako mod, just because with Mass Effect Legendary Edition having us able to even skip those elevated bits now as well 
it's so much better to just hear those conversations while you have to travel a distance when you're exploring a planet anyway. And I think that was one of the one of one of a fair few things I think that um, Andromeda did well. Yeah, I like that mod. But beyond that, the only other mods I really use, like I need to try, what's it called, Tim, or Tim, Galaxy Expanded or something like that? Yeah, the Expanded Galaxy mod. Beyond That's, that, that I, must. Okay, well, I'll need to try that. But like I say, I have the elevator in the Mako conversation thing. But beyond that, the only other mods I have are a couple armor and appearance changes. So I can use Cerberus armor on all the characters like Garrus, Liara, everybody in the third game, and a couple other just appearance changes. I'm like, I'm super small on my modding. Yeah, I, I, I don't do anything like put giant Thomas the Tank engines or anything, always to keep it within the lore. And I mean, it was just silly little things. Like, I don't understand why they did this, but the vanilla version of Mass Effect 2, the legendary, then all the crew, our crew, are not in Cerberus on the Normandy. But they were in the original. So there's a mod that you can fix that, basically. But why Why would they, when they're making the game, go, oh, we've not put Cerberus uniform on the wheel, and they'll just go, oh, well, never mind. It's like, seriously? Come on. I honestly haven't even tried Mass Effect 2 on the Legendary Edition. But yeah, that's if that's true, then that's definitely a mod I need. <laughs> Also, Tim, don't you dare speak ill of the Thomas the Tank Engine mod. <laughs> Are you telling me when you played Skyrim, you never changed Alduin into Thomas the Tank Engine? No. Or when you played <laughs> never. the Resident Evil the Resident Evil 2 remake, you didn't turn Mr. X into Thomas the Tank Engine? That's ten times scarier. No. Although I've uh, I've seen the um, the Terminator mod that turns Mr. X into the Terminal, to be fair. Yeah, still not as scary as Thomas the Tank Engine, though. <laughs> I wonder if there's a Five Nights at Friday's mod that turns them into Thomas the Tank Engine. I can see that being scary. <laughs> Five Nights at Fre The problem is Five Nights at Freddy's isn't scary to begin with. I mean, like... Like, okay, so the, it's like amnesia. Like, the first time there's a jump scare, you're like, cool, oh, oh my god, okay, that's scary. And then the second time, you're like, yeah, that's, oh, you got me again. But by, like, the 500th time, you can see them coming before they happen. Yeah. Also, I think the bigger thing with Five Nights at Freddy's is, who, like, who would honestly keep that job? Like, you're making minimum wage, and you potentially could die every day. Yeah, I suppose after the first night, you'd probably just be like, nope, I'm done. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I don't even mind not giving two weeks. Just I'm not coming back. Maybe there's a good thing. I think we can all agree that Thomas the Tank Engine is the scariest horror villain enemy whatever in video game history. Oh, yeah, got nothing on the Reapers. Oh, the, wait, the Reapers got nothing on Thomas the Tank Engine. Yeah, I mean, it's cool that they've got a diversification project i mean that's that's a good mod i mean not one that i would say i would be desperate to download but it's cool that like you can make the world feel a bit more real well as real as aliens get and i, would get I mean that is a fair point aliens. though like it's, it's <laughs> pretty weird like for all the places you can go 
in the three games, like the Citadel, Ilium, Omega, to ch wherever, that you only, the only, not counting the multiplayer, the only female Turian you see the entire trilogy is Nyrene, and she's in the DLC. Yeah. Yeah. It still seems criminal that you even had to wait until the third game, let alone the fact that it's only in a DLC, as you said. It's the same with Krogan, I think. I think you don't see a female Krogan until three. I honestly can't remember if in Vanilla 2, if there are any on Tachon. I don't think there are. Yeah, I can't think of it. If there are, I forget them, but I don't think there are. Well, technically they are, but you can't see them because they're under, um, they're in body bags. Yeah, all the, oh, all the, that's right. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're just dead. All, all the ones on screen are dead. Yeah, I mean, for story reasons, it makes sense into because they did say the females were part of a different clan or something, didn't they? Didn't Rex also say that the females, in order to get their, for lack of a better term, in order to get their point across, had like holed up somewhere and were like making demands or something? Like, it's been a while, but I think, I feel like he said something similar to that. I'm not sure. Possible, I suppose. <laughs> In my head, Canon Anderson's not dead. Well, do you want to start then? Oh, got... no, I was, I was joking. He's definitely dead. <laughs> I thought the whole headcanon, like, making people alive again, I don't like that, personally. Well, it's like Tim always says, if you don't see a body, they're not dead. Exactly. Somehow, I'm I mean, like, have you ever played Until Dawn? Mm -hmm. So, as mentioned in the, in the intro, this episode is about headcanon and our exploration of what we believe happened after Mass Effect 3 and our endings, our headcanon, essentially. And... Yeah, we'll, we'll be discussing what we believe happened after our own endings and giving our thoughts on each other's ideas. I had that the indoctrination theory was completely debunked. I suppose it's not the indoctrination theory, but my art's at the run for the bean. See, I think that the, and the catalyst and thing that all comes together, I think that it was only ever designed to do one thing. And whether you want to pick this or uh, what's the other one, control, it's fine. If you if you that's what you want to. For me, it's it's always destroy uh, because that's what Shepard started off to do right from the very start. So at the run to the beam, Shepard gets hit by Harbinger's laser blast thing. There is absolutely, absolutely one hundred that somebody is surviving that. So everything that happens after is all in Shepard's dying mind. And as the catalyst comes through, as it, as it, it comes and connects, it does what it was supposed to do. It, it destroys the Reaper. As Shepard's lying there thinking, you know, this is it, it, you know, completely move. Everything that plays out afterwards, the thing with the elusive man, that's all in his head. And in his head, the catalyst crucible thing to, to, to do, it's really, it's happening on its own. And then obviously you get the breath scene because he's just lying there and he's already in that rubble uh, rather than he goes up onto a magic beat happens in real terms and then he ends up falling down to earth and he's in some rubble. It, that to me. So that's that's my headcanon of the ending. Um, and then post that, that they're trapped. 
um, they can work together and rebuild the the relay. All the species are there together. They've all got the the skills and their uh, the reaper tech, and so it isn't long before they then start. And the the counts uh, depends on whether you've saved them or not. But then it's reforms more human dominated than it is the species because the ones that that saved the galaxies they have bigger sway although it is still a council i'd just like to massage my palms or knuckles for a minute because i'm just sort of gleefully waiting to to poke a hole in one of your in one of your head <laughs> um technically before they planned to run at the beam anderson's given this whole speech or i think it was anderson hacker and shepherd that were talking about the plan to reach the beam so they did yeah. have to have somebody reach the beam to activate the crucible so are you saying well because you because you said that it kind of activates on its own are, are you sure it wouldn't be somebody else who reaches the beam because shepherd can't just obviously do it through like a, a a dream after being hit by the beam can they no i suppose not i mean you, you hear um hackett's voice over the intercom that nobody's reached the nobody's got there but then you say then you hear you've got anderson's voice haven't they've got help here a ahead of you so it could be it could be anderson up there that that, that does it i suppose i haven't really thought of it that way personally I, I can't i don't a little bit contrived that after being hit in the face with a, a 30 megaton lake that your arm is just a bit melted to your skin and you're kind of able to walk and you might have like a bit of a black though but I, I i like to think it's yeah it, it's it's pepper's mind that He's completed his mission. He's, he's, he's destroyed the Reapers like he set out to do. But, but Tim, if Manning's not up on the Crucible, he can't shoot Anderson. No. But again, he, if he's up there and it's 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 destroyed, Manning Man is really there the entire time. Also, minor correction. No, I was just going to say minor correction. They're, the Reapers don't shoot quote-unquote laser beams they're Thanix cannons. They're it's they fire liquid, a mixture of liquid, iron, uranium, and tungsten. So, and that even adds more weight to your point. That I mean, like you could almost, in a way, see someone, if you like, dive rolled at the perfect moment. Even if you partially got hit, you could survive a high-powered laser, maybe at least for a little bit. But if you get hit with molten iron tungsten and uranium yet you're not walking away from that <laughs> unless you're commander shepherd <laughs> who apparently is thanos yeah that does what it was in, always intended to do whether the whatever you decide you're going to pick what it was intended to do it's not a case of going to destroy it or i'm going to control it no it it, it does what it was intended to do shepherd's brain decomp part mentalizing everything that's gone that you've done it and you can see it you can see it happen and the rest of it is just him kind of tying up loose ends before you know he think again it's all i want to play the happy ending mod because messes with my head cannon <laughs> so i know you said and i agree with you that like at the very beginning of the first game once you actually get to the part where you figure out what actually is going on yes shepherd wants to destroy the reapers but I would ask you, by the end of the third game, just because your original intention was to destroy the Reapers, when you're presented with new options, that doesn't mean you just have to instantly throw them away. You could like you have 
when you get new information, you can be like, oh, well, I didn't know that this was a thing I could do, but maybe this is a better thing. But like, you don't have to, would, would you, I'm just saying, would you, you don't have to follow like, I don't know what the right term is, but like a straight path. Like when new information becomes available, you can shepherd smart enough to change their mind. Yeah. I mean, if, if someone gave me like a bar of chocolate and I was like, oh yes, I'm going to eat that. And then you came along with a bit of hamper of, of chocolate with chocolate and, you know, chocolate strawberries and said, well, if you give it back, you can have this hamper instead. I'm like, oh, probably would change my mind and I would take that hamper. But when it's it's 300-foot murdering machines that are sucking all life from the galaxy, the I want to do is try and think I might be, or I don't know, just let it control everybody's everyone to, <laughs> to stop it. Well, the thing is, they never really mention it. I've mentioned it. I've mentioned it before. And they never really, I don't know if Bioware just didn't think of it. But one thing with the destroy ending is when the relays blow up, the it traps the Turians and the Corians in the soul system where there's literally nothing they can eat. So, I mean, like, at some point, they're all going to starve to death. So, I mean, like, the destroy ending kind of kills half the galaxy beyond the Geth. They're, they're going to have food rips and stuff aren't they they're not going to go onto a onto a spacecraft without having the ability are they no well when i'm not you look saying at like they... star trek and that they don't they don't every other episode to pop down some food and stuff they have stuff on their ship to sustain them yeah, well that happens between episodes because i'm just saying it like look at mass <laughs> 2 as the prime example there's literally a side quest where mess sergeant rupert gardner asks you to go to the citadel to specifically buy food yeah, because they're, they're sick of eating the same food. That they want some fresh stuff. Yeah, that is true, actually. And I do know, according to the canon, that a lot of the Quarian live ships have indoor gardens. But I'm just saying, you're still putting, like, without relays, it's not like, because with the relays, you could make it, you could jump from here to there in, like, fractions of seconds. But if you're flying manually, I mean, like, it would take, like, thousands or even tens of thousands of years. I'm just saying it's just something to think about. I think with that that many species and that many bodies and able bodies and that much knowledge, it's not taken very long to get at least one of the uh, the relays. Up. They could get to uh, one of their systems and then... They'll probably prioritize the ones that are the endangered, like the Celeste. If anything like what would happen to their food replicators, then yeah, they are going to be completely knackered. Uh, but I mean, like the relays were Reaper technology. And I mean, like, even if you destroy them, there's still like mag several orders of magnitude technology wise above even the Solarians. I mean, it's not like just going out and like replacing like a stick of ram in your pc or changing a a cord on your playstation or something i mean like it's technology that we know nothing about true if worst comes to worst when it comes to food javik said that salarians were a delicacy 
I believe he said only their livers were. But he also said they used to eat flies. Another thing to consider with the destroy ending, and another thing I know, I don't know if it was in a podcast or in a stream, but another thing I know I've mentioned before is the Star Child specifically mentions that picking the destroy ending will destroy all technology. And so even if the Quarians can grow their own food on the, their live ships, I mean, you can say bye-bye to their Enviro suits and they'll all be dead in like a day or two, considering like Garrus. Well, yeah. So we know if everything, if it destroys all technology, we see the norm afterwards. It crash lands, Crashes. they get out, they have a look around, but then they, they takes off again. That wouldn't be possible, would it? Yeah, but um, the Normandy's crew was 95% human, so like they could survive the crash and then take... Because it but, never but specifically... The sorry? Is the Normandy is technology. Technology that we don't even have now. No, no. I know, but... Normandy I'm, is it to fly away. My point is the game, I don't know if it was intentionally vague, but it never really tells you how long it took to make the repairs before it could fly off. I'm just saying, considering like some of the stuff you know about Quarians, like how if you read Garrus's thing on that Shadow Broker terminal in Mass Effect 2, it says he killed a Quarian by taking his helmet off and coughing on him. So I'm mean, just saying, if their Enviro suits failed for even like a couple hours, they might be dead. Like if it took, I don't know, a week to repair the Normandy before it could take off from that planet again, hypothetically just picking a random number. I'm just saying the Quarian, like, with if it took like they might not survive five six seven days with no enviro suits maybe i'm overthinking it yeah maybe that's why we have to headcan them manning we can think <laughs> about these things and think about solutions leave what the uh i think that the star child was trying to get was trying to wade you from picking the destroy ending i think that's why i don't believe what he these the, all technology would be broken even technology and I think it was like, look, please just pick one of the other two. Don't, don't. Why would he even give you the option then? No. So that you didn't destroy him. If you think about it as well, if you actually look at his, um, like the blue option is the control, isn't it? Which is, you've got your, your three representations and you've got Shedroy, you've got Seren that's representing synthesis and you've got Lucy Man that's representing control. Well, Lucy Man's supposed to be the enemy, but he his is Paragon Blue, where he's the hero, but his is Renegade Red. And then you've got Serum, which is green. Well, that's because the elusive man, the control ending is the correct ending. Because the control, the destroy ending, first of all, it kills Edie, it kills the Geth. It, depending on your interpretation, to some degree destroys all technology. We don't see the, but you have to see in the body, doesn't it? You don't see the body of the Geth. You're only told that by the, the star child. The synthesis ending on paper... <laughs> for me personally is the best ending because that would be like exactly what i would want but i never pick it because i w i feel bad because picking synthesis as much as i think they wanted it to be the quote-unquote good ending it forces a change on literally trillions of people who probably don't want it that's why i like over and above how much i like cerberus i like the control ending because it specifically leaves everything status quo. It just, nothing changes. The Reapers stop. Everyone's how they are, and everyone's left to their own devices to figure out how they want to fix things. 
And then as long as you trust your shepherd to not be an ass, they can just kind of oversee it, I guess, would be the best way to put it. Yeah, but if the star child really wanted, like, the fact that you can shoot him and then he just is like, F it, and then everybody dies. If he was worried about you picking destroy, why would he even give you the option? He'd just kill you from the get-go. Well, he's been trying, hasn't he? Yeah, but like he wouldn't even have that conversation. You'd get there and he'd be like, okay, hi, and now you're dead. <laughs> Could you mention the backlash? No, I know. I mean, like, it sounds stupid, but it's a valid point. Like, if he was intentionally antagonistic towards Shepard, why would he even give you an option when he had the power to just kill you in the first place? If he wanted to stop you, he can apparently just snap his fingers and boom, you're dead. And he can just deactivate the source of the crucible, the the power that's providing the the, the power that the I can't remember what the crucible is, but whatever's providing the power for the weapon, he can just snap his fingers and turn it off. Yeah, I I I kind of take it as like um, Shepard gets to that point, and the AI doesn't really know what to do because this human has proved that this almighty AI isn't like. Um, the almighty anymore someone's actually gotten to the position that this mighty ai has and now it doesn't know what to do because if it's happened then it can happen again and a new solution is required that's why it's offering those options because it doesn't know what to do from that point also am i the only one who regardless of what decision you make am i the only one who's a little bit nervous that once the reapers are pacified there's still leviathans like giant hp lovecraft monsters flying around everywhere yeah that's that's another thing yeah they've said that they want them to be the there's a few people that are the next enemy but i think that they would be overpowered you see that you get the leviathan and it's it's like visions in your head and you're speaking to your crew how do you even fight mention the fact that they're way too similar to the reapers yeah they Based, I was, I was going to say, Tim, Edie doesn't show up. I, I hate to like um, be that guy, but Edie's not there when when they're putting Shepard's name on the memorial if you choose destroy. True, but have you seen a body? Yeah, in that instance, Edie was also part been. Reaper too, though. So I mean, that adds extra credence to why she would probably be dead. I forget. Did they ever say? Did the elusive man ever say if? Shepard's synthetic parts were like normal, or if, did Shepard ever have any Reaper in them? Like, I feel really stupid, but I forget if the elusive man ever said if Shepard was just normal synthetics or if he had he or she had any Reaper in them. I don't think it was Reaper Tech, was it? Because I know Edie was part Reaper. I would probably have to rewatch those clips. I think I think it is mentioned somewhere. I'm sure there's something in in the um, assault on the Cerberus base. Some, something in those video files about resurrecting Shepard. I'm sure there's something there that gives a bit more information. According to Reddit, we literally that he can control hooks and husks and reaper troops, but Shepard had no reaper. So Shepard was just like me, only natural synthetics. Did you know it's possible to kill Miranda's sister? No. Greg would probably be mad at me for doing it, but I. I usually do it for story purposes, just because it makes it all that much, a little bit more depressing. 
just because like she's such a sweet and innocent person. Come on. You you'd like to let Miranda's sister die just because it's depressing. Well, like I said, like the whole point of the whole point of Mass Effect 3, it's like the end of days. And like again, not to kick a dead horse, but to quote the honest trailer guy, he called Mass Effect 3, quote, the one where everyone you've come to know and love dies. I just think for story purposes, her sister dying just like adds like a little bit of extra gravitas. I don't know. Maybe I'm just a sociopath. I think, <laughs> I think for some people playing, it's it's really hard to see any of the characters dying. But I do agree that like um, characters do need to die in Mass Effect Three to like get the sense that it is the end of days. And I, I just I love the fact that there are some deaths you can't prevent, like things. That's like why I've said it before and I'll say it again. It makes sense in Mass Effect 1 and even in Mass Effect 2 to an extent that you can just fly around and do whatever you want in whatever order you want. But the whole point of Mass Effect 3 is you're supposed to be racing against the clock to get the Crucible built. So I always thought, like, I think it would probably piss some people off, but like, how cool would it be if some, like, cause there's, there's missions that you can have simultaneously and do both of them. But like, how cool would it be if you had to pick one, but then couldn't do the other, like you could help Tarquin defuse the bomb on Tachanka, or you could go to Grissom Academy to rescue the students, but you couldn't do both. Or you could shut down the Geth server on Rannoch to save the Quarian live ships, or you could go try to rescue Admiral Chorus, but you couldn't do both. Like, stuff like that. Like, to me, it would just make it feel, like, more impactful and that time was an actual thing. But in the actual game, you can just fly around and fart around doing whatever you want. Yeah, I do think that would have been a good idea, to be honest. But I think that probably would have some backlash i think i think there would have been people who were mad about that yeah but i mean from a practical stand like were that an actual situation it would make sense oh yeah definitely and um, i can tell you with 100 percent certainty i would always go to grissom academy because no one's killing my jack and but actually and beyond that i hate the krogan anyway so let the bomb go off i don't care <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, before you even said about Jack, I knew what your decision was out of those two. Anyway, so in my head canon, what I did is like, I'm not going to get super, super duper in depth because I could go on for literally hours because I've created in depth backstories for like 20 characters. But the main one is I created the 13th squad mate for Mass Effect 2, who is used to be in the system. He's a human male. He used to be in the Systems Alliance. He got fed up, like Jacob says, with all the politics and red tape. And he just said, F it, and left to join Cerberus. And in my headcanon, he's the person, he's one of the elusive man's top agents who gets sent to retrieve Shepard's body from Liara and Farron. And then so he's in the second game. And then in the third game, 
obviously Shepard and everybody leave Cerberus, but he stays. And in my canon, Cerberus and the Elusive Man aren't indoctrinated. They and they form an uneasy, tenuous alliance with the Alliance and the Council. You know, just because they're fighting our common enemy and the Reapers. But the difference is the Alliance and Council want to destroy them. And Cerberus obviously wants to control them. And so everything's like very, like I said, tenuous. And in the end, uh, Shepard does, even though I personally prefer the control ending, Shepard gets there first and does destroy them. And then afterwards, that causes like this huge wedge to be driven between the two sides. And then what ends up happening is, so the Alliance and Council are like over here. And then in like a weird turn of events, just because they're too, I don't know if ostracized is the right word, but just two outside groups, Cerberus and what's left of the Batarian hegemony tenuously join forces like enemy of my enemy is my friend kind of stuff, just so that they can be strong enough to still be a thing that can oppose the council and the alliance. And then that sets the stage for like the beginning of a future war, like the alliance, the council, everybody, blah, 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 versus Cerberus and the Batarians. Okay. Mm. I don't know, it sounded good in my head. <laughs> the, the elusive man's not indoctrinated. Yeah, he's no one in Cerberus is indoctrinated. They kept their senses. One other thing in my thing, I actually got feedback from an actual Bioware dev. I don't want to name names just because the internet's the internet. But I remember reading a Reddit AMA and someone was like, you know, Cerberus, considering how big their fleets are and this and that, they should have like their own versions of Spectres. And I was like, yeah, I created one. They're called, in my head canon, Cerberus has their own versions of Spectres called Nightmares. And a Bioware dev actually personally responded to me and was like, that's a cool idea. I wish we would have thought of it. Nice. Have to get a writing gig. <laughs> Did you say something about the Batarians and Cerberus teaming up against the Alliance and everyone else? Yeah, because uh, everyone, like I said in my head canon, everyone like Cerberus wanted to control the Reapers. Like that stayed this. They weren't indoctrinated, but that part stayed the same. And then the Alliance and Council wanted to destroy them, and so that's why, even though they were teaming up to fight the Reapers, it was like strenuous. Because they wanted to do, they had the same goal, but they wanted to do it two different ways. So Shepard beat Cerberus to the punch and actually destroyed the Reapers. And then after the Reapers were gone, they split. And because the Alliance and Council were so powerful and Cerberus was just Cerberus, uh, Cerberus, like I said, an, it's like enemy of my enemies, my friend kind of thing. Cerberus and the Batari what was left of the Batarian hegemony joined forces because they had common opponents. But in your head, can destroy is what happened then. 
yes, like personally, I always pick control, but in my head cannon, destroy is what happens, and then that's what causes the rift between the a lot the brief alliance between the council and Cerberus. So why don't you just pick destroy then? Because control is the clear answer. It's just in my head canon, I just felt like it was better storytelling. Because I like the idea of Cerberus and the Batarians being the underdog. And like I said, my head canon is told solely from the perspective of, again, like I said, this 13th squad mate from Mass Effect 2, who obviously doesn't exist in the canon, but who I created. And it's told from his perspective. And it just... story. You'd have to read my fan fiction, but from storytelling-wise, I just felt like picking the destroy ending, even though I like personally the control ending, made more sense. I don't know if that even makes sense, but I hope you understand what I'm trying to say. It's, it's like the head canon that fits in with fan fiction more than the head canon that fits in with the game. Yeah, like I said, when I play the game, I always pick control. But in my head canon, in, this, in that one instance, the destroy ending made more sense for storytelling purposes. Yeah, I, I think I get what you mean. If, if you're looking at like um, ways the story could continue from that point, it, it does. It, it certainly does work better. I suppose your ending where everything ends up being happy is where the Reapers are being controlled so that they can advance technology further. It sounds like that's what you Yeah, mean. me personally. But I'm just saying, like, let me ask both of you an honest question. If throw throw everything we've seen or know about the next game out the window, if I told you right now that the next game was going to be you playing as Shepard's dead, so you're some new systems alliance person, and the game was set, I don't know, 15 or 20 years after the end of what happened at Mass Effect 3, and the Alliance and Council were still trying to rebuild, and the game was about—I don't know if it—I don't know if you could call it a civil war or just a war war, but it was about the Council and the Alliance versus Cerberus and the Batarians. Like, tell me with a straight face, that wouldn't be interesting. Yeah, no, that, that, that sounds pretty cool. Does the elusive man still have implants? Uh, he does. It's just his will was so strong that he was able to resist it and then after the reapers were destroyed there obviously was no more indoctrination so i mean he was fine I mean, he's like he still had his implants but he was fine as was everyone else in cerberus hmm. i just i don't know if it's just me but personally the idea of there being no reapers and no indoctrination and then you have like two sides and on like on one side, it's the council and the alliance who are like, even though the reapers are gone, they're still like trying to rebuild from the war. And then on the other side, there's Cerberus and the Batarians who are also trying to rebuild from the war. And both sides hate each other because both sides wanted something different to happen. 
it just i don't know it just it makes it just sounds cool to me yeah it certainly sounds interesting i think it's just a little hard to empathize with the side with cerberus and the batarians i mean i know you certainly like understand cerberus more than more than we do but i just i never really had like a a mentality of supporting them and adding the batarians to it who are just known for being mostly slavers i i would struggle to empathize with them well again that's why hypothetically again like i said were that to be the new game that's why that side would be the enemy but it's like i obviously am 110 million percent against slavery but you can't tell me that the batarians aren't interesting and you want to know more about them yeah yeah definitely i'm just i'm just saying like um if you look at saren and you look at the elusive man they're characters you can understand i just i don't the batarians let me ask you a question craig when you do uh when you played the bring down the sky dlc in mass effect one do you let balak go to save the six people in the room or do you let them die so you can kill them i usually choose to save the people in the room so you let a man who was less than half an hour away from dropping an extinction level asteroid on a city of four and a half million people walk out the door to save six people you don't know knowing that he's going to do it again that's that's a great decision though but that's not a great character no but i'm just saying that's the whole point of the series is there's a lot of characters who do horrible things it's like it's like zaid's loyalty mission in mass effect 2. if you let Vito go to save the factory workers like the whole the whole reason you're even there in the first place is to kill Vito so he doesn't do what he's doing again. If you let him go to save the workers, he's just going to go to another planet and enslave another factory. Sometimes, like, you have to make tough decisions, and it's, it's like Ra's al Ghul says in Arrow, I don't kill people, I replace evil with death, and the galaxy's better off for it. Yeah, and I'm not saying those grey decisions shouldn't exist. I'm just saying there are no grey characters in the Batarians that we that we know. There's a bunch of fairly friendly refugees in the third game. Yeah. And again, to your point, that's why we need to know more about the Batarians, because as far as I'm aware, Karshan, like their homeworld, is the only planet like that we don't even know what the capital city is. Like, no one knows anything about the Batarian. There's no Batarian females. No one even knows what a Batarian female looks like. It's just, that's why we need more, why I'm interested in them. Even though I don't like what they do, I'm interested in them. And I could potentially see in my headcan if my headcanon's circumstance, why they would... Cerberus, why they would join with Cerberus because, again, like enemy of my enemy is my friend kind of thing. I'm not sure if I can mentally imagine what a Batarian female would look like. Quite a scary thought. Shepard would bang it. 
and it would probably be the best lay ever. <laughs> but I mean, I guess I'm just saying in all seriousness, it's just, that's how I envisioned in my world, like after the Reapers are destroyed and gone and everyone on the council and the Alliance over here is rebuilding and then the Batarians were decimated. They were the first people to be attacked when the Reapers first came. And Cerberus is kind of in ruins also, but Cerberus and the Batarians both hate the Alliance and the Council. So they're like, all right, we'll make a tenuous Alliance just so we can like at least have enough of a force to oppose the Council, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Still, I swear if Bioware makes this game, someone owes me money. Do you want to go then, uh, Craig? Yeah. I mostly just sort of have uh, a list of a bunch of things that I can see happening. So, I mean, in, in my head canon, it's semi-happy. Like, I'm going to be exactly like you guys and say Destroy is my head canon. Um, just because, I mean, while, like Manning says, I can see Control being such a a practical ending that just it has too many positives to not pick it in terms of like saving the synthetics um just destroy just seems like the most realistic like i just i feel like it's too strange to 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 turn shepherd essentially into because e even 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 with the synthesis argument there's the whole um uh shepherd's essentially forcing a change on the galaxy and i feel like in a way shepherd's playing god by choosing to control the reapers again in in another way so i feel like destroy kind of feels like um the change that fits canon best um so that's why i picked that and it's there's a, there's a bunch of things leading off of that where um i i, I kind of see liara being the canon romance because as much as I'd like to say it's Tally. It's just, to me, the canon Shepherd is female Shepherd. So it's just because female Shepherds never romance Tally. I just figure it doesn't quite fit. I mean, I could headcanon it, but, you know, I, I never experienced it in the game. So it's hard to imagine. Rex and Eve, they sort of evolve and sort of resolve the issues with the Krogan. Javok kills himself because it just kind of felt appropriate that he'd fulfilled his purpose to defeat the Reapers. And he kind of was laid to rest and kind of found peace in whatever afterlife, I guess, that the um, Protheans have. I kind of went a little bit off and said, um, I like the idea of Shepard had a kid with Liara, like before they died. And Liara's kid wants to be a soldier like Shepard was. And eventually, Leviathan seeks to control the people of the galaxy, but they're kind of waiting for the galaxy to be in a state where they re the civilizations are rebuilt enough for them to, I guess, take full advantage, I guess, of the peoples of the galaxy. So would you like to see the, the, the Leviathans as... Not really. Okay. I guess, I guess in my head, kind of, it's the only way I could see it going. Like, in my head, it just seems strange that they wouldn't come back because 
they have every reason to want to control the other races again. You know, their their relationship with Shepard, their alliance with Shepard was strenuous at best. You know, they their motive, you know, was vengeance on the Reapers. The the kid is it a boy or a girl? Or a, God, it's going to be a female. Sorry. Yeah, it's going to be the sorry. Yeah, sorry. I was well. I was just going to say first two things. First of all. I like Craig's idea because the only reason the Leviathans were hiding in the first place and even tenuously agreed to help Shepard was because even they were scared of the Reapers. So if you pick destroy, if the Reapers are gone, then the Leviathans can just run wild. Even if I don't know how many there are, but they're so powerful, they would need more than a few to control the whole galaxy. And second, I want to ask Craig, just specifically because you mentioned Shepard and Liara having a kid. I know, I don't personally believe it, but I know there's a lot of people, especially on Reddit, who there's a fan theory that if you romance Liara in Mass Effect 1, that she subtly hints in her dialogue after the Shadow Broker DLC in Mass Effect 2, when she comes to the Normandy, that she's pregnant. Do you subscribe to that, or have you even heard that before? In what DLC, sorry? When Liara comes onto the Normandy after the end of the Shadow Broker DLC, I don't personally believe it, but I know there's a ton, there's a large group of people who think her dialogue subtly suggests that Shepard got her pregnant. I didn't know anything about that, actually. I kind of saw it as, as as happening on the night before the attack, on before before three taking us. I saw that as being the kind of them conceiving the child on the. I don't want to say night before because it's in space, but you know before they go to retake Earth. I could I can believe that though. I mean, especially. I mean that's going to be. If you want to talk about uh, pissing fans off by like making one of the three endings canon, could you imagine how mad fans are going to get if the new game makes a romance canon? Yeah, I think it'll be one of those things that will be so far in the future where the choices you made will just come down to what dialogue options come up. I mean, they they could they could do it the same way they've done it with uh, Morrigan, her child with Warden, a child with Alistair. They could they could still represent everybody's options. It's either going to be a case of they've had a child in it. So, uh, not to kick a dead horse, but honestly, I like by the goddess, everyone who's either not who's not an either an Asari, a Krogan, or a Geth better be dead in this game. One thing I was thinking about though is the Geth, and destroy can't really be canon if there is a Geth in the new game, can it? That, well, I mean, I guess, like yes. Tim mentioned, Edie potentially could survive, so maybe a few Geth did, and then they built more. Yeah. Again, you, you've only got what Starchild said to you. You've got no proof of it at all. You don't see any... Except from the fact that in your point of view, Edie... Except from from your point of view, Edie just went off to the bridge in that one instance of the ending where they're putting Anderson's sign on the wall. 
when she's there on all the other endings. If you pick destroy, <laughs> does she not is is she not there to hug Joker? No. Okay. Like I said, I only picked Destroy once, and it was like more than 10 years ago, and I instantly felt terrible. I think that's a testament to the storytelling, though, if you cared about the synthetics enough to feel that sad about it. Also, I guess that begs the question, Tim. If the Geth are your vacuum cleaner, what's Edie? I am. Um... <laughs> she's, she's, um... I, I don't know. I can't say that's a family friend. <laughs> She's the uh, um, think you want to say, and it's making me <laughs> cringe. <laughs> Craig, plug your ears. This might be too mature for you. <laughs> Am I too innocent? Am I? I mean, like, I, I understand the argument that synthetics are synthetics, but I guess I don't understand how anyone can spend a whole game with Legion and then a whole game whole two games with Edie and then just like the little whipped cream and cherry on top how absolutely epic that Geth Prime is if the Quarians are dead in the third game and then somehow still hate the Geth who said to hate the Geth you called them machines yeah. they're people they're not people they're people. Craig, I'm you need to be the deciding vote. Are the Geth machines or people? There is no deciding vote, Manning. Tim believes what he believes. <laughs> I'm just have either of you ever, if you couldn't make peace, have either of you ever sided with the Geth? Because if you do, the Geth Prime who shows up in London even though he's only there for like a cup of coffee, he's one of the coolest, most interesting characters in the game. I know the one you mean. I just think it's stupid that they're only there for a cutscene and they're not even in the fight. That's what I mean is like, I don't understand if you, if you can't make peace and you side with the Geth, I don't like, I understand why Legion needs to die, but that Geth prime should have been able to be a squad mate. I just meant even like an NPC during the charge to the beam or something. Oh, well, there are mods that do that. Oh, yeah. I'm just saying, and I know I think you, I think you probably tend to agree with me, but I'm just saying I don't understand. Like, I get why everyone loves Tally, and I love Tally too, and I also love Cal Rieger. And I like Vitor, even though I always give him to Cerberus. And I like Daro Zen. I like Zalchorus. But just in general, the Quarians are genocidal war criminals. So I don't understand how most people can't at least sympathize a little bit with the Geth. Yeah. And, and I don't know. It's, it's, the thing is, Tim is right. Like, they 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 do grow a conscience, but they are technically machines. Oh, they're people. They're a race. They're people. But they, but they were built. Yeah, and whether 
how okay let me ask you this how is if a geth is quote unquote built how is that any different from me sleeping with my wife and then nine months later she pushes a baby out is the baby not built yeah but literally what defines a machine is what it's made made from i think the most telling thing is do you remember the random i forget exactly when that happens but the random conversation engineer adams has with dr chakwas in the third game where you just walk by in the mess hall and they're arguing about if the geth are people or not and she's like do you really think the geth have rights and he's like well if that geth standing over there is minding his own business and doing his own thing he has the same rights i do yeah it, i I, be I believe that but i'm just saying technically what defines a machine is what it's made of and it is not made from organic parts yeah but our say for example is is your brain not an organic machine in a way, but it's not how we as humans define machines. Yeah, but I mean, that's a human way of defining, like, we're talking about like an expansive galaxy with all sorts of different things where everyone defines everything differently. Like, it's like, do you remember when, oh man, it must have been like three or four months ago, I mentioned in one of the Saturday streams that I fell down a rabbit hole because you remember in the mission on Thessia where Liara makes an offhand comment about how um, like 95% of Athari, uh, Asari don't follow a Thames doctrine anymore. And I fell down a rabbit hole about what that religion actually is. And I'm amazed Bioware put as much effort into like building it up as they did. And it's just like, like that is for the Asari being the most advanced non-Reaper race in the galaxy. That is the most draconian religion I've ever seen in my life. What do you mean by draconian? Well, like it's so, it's so, so just like all the things like, obviously when it was created, like the Asari only knew the Asari. They're, they hadn't encountered any other species yet. And obviously, like when Asari do pair bondings, like for example, like Liara's parents, Benezia was her mother and Athena was her father. So, but apparently that religion meant that basically the whoever was the quote unquote mother was. Just I don't want to get too far into it because I could go down another rabbit hole. But in a nutshell, wh whichever which whoever is the quote unquote mother is essentially a slave to the father and has like no rights except for like a few. Basically, like the only thing is like whoever is the quote father has to provide stable um, income, housing, and protection. But beyond that the mother has no rights and is a slave and has to do whatever the father says. No wonder people abandon that religion. 
I know, because like it's funny. Like I said, it's like another one of those random world building things where like Liara just makes an offhand comment where she's like, "Most Asari don't follow a Thames doctrine anymore." And then when you find out what the Thames doctrine actually was, you're like, "Wow, geez, I wonder why." Yeah. But I still, and I will again die on this hill. The Geth are people. They might be technically quote unquote machines, but they're still people. Yeah, and that's all I'm saying. Here's maybe one final question to tie into the headcanon thing. Do you have any headcanon thoughts that you think could tie into the new game? Well, I could bring up the. I can't. I know I mentioned it was my idea, but it was actually technically my wife's. But do you remember in the teaser trailer, or whatever you want to call it, when Liara is talking to whoever the random Geth is? She was saying she pointed like I never personally would have noticed it on my own, but she made the point. Maybe it's just because I'm like a big dumb bro and I have no social grace, but. Do you remember in Mass Effect 1, whenever Saren, like, because you can never understand the Geth anyway, because it's all that, that stuttery static sound. But whenever Saren... Like machine talk. Yeah, whenever Saren was telling the Geth to do something, he was bossing them around like a general was bossing around grunts. But in the quote-unquote conversation Liara's having with whoever that Geth is, even though she's angry, and we can debate forever what she's angry at, but even though she's angry, she sounds like she's talking to that Geth as a, an equal. So that's where my I, like my wife's idea, and then what I... I forget if I posted it in Discord or if I mentioned it on the stream on Saturday, but where she had the idea of what if in the game Liara was in turned out to be in an intimate relationship with that Geth. She's in a relationship with the Geth. Well, I mean, that's I mean, Lando Calrissian apparently was sleeping with his robot co pilot in solo. I mean also the fact that um Joker and E D. Yeah, and Joker and Edie. So like what if and after I like I said again, I never would have thought of it on my own. But after she said that, I went back and listened to the trailer like four or five times. And she has a point. As angry as Liara is, and as much as you can't understand anything the Geth says, they sound like they're talking to each other like a couple. I thought they were just being friendly. Like I I think you could equally say that they're just friends. Also, there, if you want a viral video, Tim, you're welcome. There's a topic for like a five minute video. <laughs> I mean, there's some great clickbait material there. Yeah, Liara is sleeping with the cat. <laughs> if that video goes viral, though, you have to shout out my wife. I mean, it's an interesting idea, but I, I feel like it might raise some flags for a lot of people that romance Liara as Shepard. No, but it... I mean, seriously, go back and listen. Like I said, I I never in a million years would have ever picked up on that. Maybe it's just because she's a girl and she's 
girls are just better at it. But go back after hearing what I just said, go back and watch that teaser trailer and tell me that Liara and Degeth don't sound like they're talking like a couple. I mean, it does sound like they're close, but they could just be friends. And I wouldn't have a problem with them being together, but I'm just saying, because all signs point to they're probably going to bring Shepard back, I don't think they will be. If they don't want, they're, like I said before, like, they're going to piss people off either way if they make one of the three endings canon, because whatever an, whatever ending they make canon is going to annoy two-thirds of the fan base. But I don't think even Bioware has the balls to make a romance canon. I'm not saying they will. I'm just saying if they take into account um, that a lot of people might have romanced Liara. I mean, I suppose in an instant, Liara could, depending on choices, but I, it could be romance in this guest, depending on choices, but I don't know. And even if you hypothetically did romance Liara in the trilogy, if she's like Tim said in his video, if she's the villain in the new game, then you're going to be on opposite sides. So why wouldn't she find? It's the same way how if if you romance Ashley or Caden in one, you can you're free to romance anyone else in two because in two you're with Cerberus and Caden and Ashley are still in the alliance. Yeah, I mean it's an interesting theory and it could definitely be true. Also. Again, no kink shaming, but am I the only one who kind of now, after my wife said that, kind of wants to see a romance scene between Liara and Ageth? I suppose given how intelligent they both are, it would be interesting to see. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think the Geth are romance kind of material. If nothing else, the game would get like, if that was Super actually weird. true, that would be like, the game would get all of the press if that actually happened again <laughs> I don't know, i'm just saying like i said i never would have thought of it or picked up on it in a million years and maybe girls are just smarter than guys but when my wife said that i went back and rewatched the trailer a couple times and i was like you know she's got a point they do definitely sound like they're in a relationship yeah it doesn't mean for definite that it's a romantic relationship i mean it definitely seemed like they're they're not just like partners it sounds like they're definitely at least friends just saying if bioware wants to push boundaries like again they would get if that was a thing they would get all of the press oh definitely um what about you tim have you got any like um Canon ideas that you think would fit in with the new game? Um, not really. A lot about it. I if quite like um, Carla. Although I, I wouldn't understand why she would want to stay awake. Apparently. She's spoken to Liliana Rupert, who is good friend where developers or something or other. And she's told that Liara takes the journey from the Milky Way to, but she stays awake for 
year journey older in the trailer which would make because she can she's got enough time on her hands to do it she'd stay awake obviously it bridges the gap is it weird to say but that's that I don't... rather than head cannon sorry i was just gonna say is it weird to say that i honestly don't think even in that one trailer when she's hiking up the mountain I don't feel like she looked all very much older than she did in the games. No, I agree with you, to be fair. I think it is just in that you can see wrinkled lines, not because she's getting old. No, I know, but I mean, like, even in the original games, like, if you put Liara beside Benezia or Athena, you could tell Benezia and Athena were significantly older. It just Liara to me still looked the same, just in HD, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I can certainly see it as as certainly being a theory that that works. I mean. Liara could have just aged gracefully, you know. I mean, her mum certainly looked good for the age that she was supposed to be. Yeah, but it's like when you do, um, when you do the uh, Shadow Broker DLC in Mass Effect Two, if you bring Samara or Morinth as your bonus partner along with Liara, whichever one of the two you save, um, you can even back in way back in 2010 graphics you can tell that liara is substantially younger than both of them yeah i mean that's it's almost like i don't even know if you can count the krogan because Every Krogan has a million and one battle scars. But like Drac is like something like I think 650 years older than Rex. And he's like half synthetic. But they look virtually identical. Again, it just might be technology well if they could do it in 2010 i'm sure they could have done it in 2017 since i know we all have differing opinions on what how do we interpret liara's conversation with that geth would you rather liara whatever whoever you play as whether it's shepherd or whatever a random new person whatever would you rather in the new game Liara be opposing the council, or would you rather be you opposing Liara? Oh, me, it would make for a much better story and character arc as well. All comes down to the that saying, doesn't it? You either die a hero or the villain. Thanks, Alfred. <laughs> but she's got enough time on her hands to, to, to live long. I know, and I think she personally, I think she'd be a brilliant villain, but I just don't know. I mean, like, if you want to talk about backlash. Could you imagine, even though 
storytelling wise, it would be amazing. Could you and I 100% agree with you? Could you imagine the backlash if Liara is the main antagonist of the new game? Like her yeah. potentially having sex with a Geth would be like several rungs down on the level of hatred that the general community would have. Yeah, they wouldn't have the guts to do it. But I'm just saying, in general, I don't feel like whether it's movies or TV, video games, whatever, no one takes risks anymore. Everything is like the same formula. Yeah. It would be nice if um, New Mass Effect took some risks for a change. I mean, not that the previous games didn't take risks, I just mean like um actually i think in a way andromeda didn't take enough risks it certainly didn't kill off any major characters when it should have um but i think that's where this new game should really shine and try to take risks to raise the stakes i know it's like i said with my uh, earlier when I was talking about Mass Effect 3 because you're supposed to hypothetically be on the clock if you if every two missions you could only do one but not the other it's like like I said if I forced you to have to pick between defusing the bomb on Tuchanka or going to Grissom Academy but you couldn't do both what would you pick? I don't know. And I think like that, even though I feel like that would piss some people off, I also feel like it would, it raises the stakes and it makes it literally feel like, okay, I like, I have to get stuff done because I can't do everything. I don't know. Maybe, like, maybe I'm just talking nonsense, but to me, I thought it was a good idea. No, no, it's a good idea because that's why I enjoy Mass Effect Two. Them, it's just it's perfect. You're you're building a team. It's how long it takes. You can fly around the galaxy doing quests and fixing loyalty of your team and stuff. Whereas one and three, you you you're on a ton of you you got to either follow up leads you've got to you know race to planets and king you shouldn't really be going off collect trinkets or going and solving crisis involving biology it should be focused on stopping the immediate threat Yeah, like I said, I 100% agree with you. But also, like Craig said, I don't think in 2023 anyone has balls big enough to make a game like that. We'll have to wait and see. Thank you for listening. If you want to join in the conversation, feel free to join our Discord. The link to the Discord will be in the description. If any listeners would like to find you, Manning, where can they find you? 
I am at that Cerberus guy on Twitter, Instagram, and virtually everything else you can imagine. Hey, you can find me on Twitter. At, uh, and you can find me on Twitter with the handle at Craig and his Mac. What are your thoughts? What are your headcanon ideas? And which, if any, do you think would fit into the new game? This has been me, Craig. And Tim. Good night. Goodbye, even. And Manny. Thanks for listening, everyone, and have a great day. You guys still hear me? Yeah. Can still hear us? Yep. I meant can Manning still hear What's us? What's this about? Like our theory? Can you guys hear me? Yes. I don't understand now if, if Tim's having technical problems now as well. But... You keep cutting in and out. I don't know if it's my headset though. Might be my. Do you guys hear me? My headset. Yes. I yes. Can hear you. This is wonderful. <laughs> can you hear me? <laughs> yes. We can no. hear you, Manning. Okay, sorry. <laughs> yeah, well, how do you feel about the sport from the Well, it was a bit more than a sex simulator. Well, I guess, yes, it kind of was a sex simulator, but you could do other things. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> I did not see any sex in that game. <laughs> you didn't go to the right places then. Uh, you were playing it right. There were a lot of prompts to buy <laughs> stuff, so maybe there was a DLC I missed. <laughs>